Welcome to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. I am Karen Morales, an associate at venture capital firm, Valor Ventures. Today, we're extremely pleased to welcome Lauren Kane, whose mission is getting investors to open their checkbooks for market-disrupting female entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, Lauren. We're really glad to have you today. So you're an expert in pitching, and you're especially focused on helping female entrepreneurs find success with investors through your company called VC Worthy Business. We would love to hear a little bit more about that. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, um, sure. And thank you so much for having me here. This is so much fun. I love being able to do this kind of stuff. Uh, So a little about me. Um, So I was in the corporate world for about 18 years. The last six of those I spent as director of operations for one of the country's largest angel groups, Golden Seeds. And um, that was my intro into the VC world. And Golden Seeds has an angel group arm and a venture capital arm. And I was lucky enough to, uh, once we invested in a company and it became part of our portfolio, was able to be the face of Golden Seeds and and, um, was the person that companies would report to. And I got to meet a really great great group of female entrepreneurs because Golden Seeds invests in only women-owned, women-led businesses. Uh, And that's where I learned... um, very quickly that female entrepreneurs have a hard time raising capital. They either come to it too late, learn about it too late, or, or kind of fumble their way through. Um, and it's just, you know, inherently hard for them to fundraise. Um, and they receive a lot more scrutiny in the room. And I am really, you know, now mission-driven, I think Golden Seeds sort of spark that in me, mission-driven to support female entrepreneurs on their journey um, to, you know, grow and scale their business um, because, you know, we need a community that, that can do that. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned that um, female entrepreneurs would kind of fumble into raising or not really be very aware of it. Um, why do you think that is? You know, that's a very good question. And I think if I could figure out the, the complete mm-hmm. bit um, that would change the world. But I think it is something that is ingrained in all of us. So I don't want to just say it's a male thing or a female thing, but I think when a man starts a company, what happens is, you know, people say, Oh, I want to introduce you to this person and you need to talk to so-and-so and I'm so excited for you to grow your business. And when women start a business, it gets viewed as a hobby. Um, especially, especially if they have uh, a family and children, it gets viewed as a hobby. And, you know, I think the only way that that's going to change is that we have more really successful female entrepreneurs that are changing the world. And that will change the view on female entrepreneurship. But I think that that's the main reason that it's not, they're not necessarily taken seriously from the, from the get-go. Mm, I completely understand that. So tell us a little bit about your business, VC Worthy Business, that helps out these female entrepreneurs. Sure. So what I do is basically pitch strategy. So I work with female entrepreneurs to hone their pitch, hone hone their story, to grab the attention of investors. Um, And I like to say I get investors to open their checkbooks for market-disrupting female entrepreneurs. But it's really taking those, those disruptive female entrepreneurs and it's big D disruptive or little D disruptive and uh, giving them the 
ability to really attract the investors that are right for their company so that are either going to invest and and be silent as long as they're they're doing what they said they were going to do or going to help them grow and scale um, in whatever way they need it uh, because I've seen so often you know entrepreneurs take in money and it and it have a negative impact because they come from a place of really being desperate. And so I work with my clients to make sure they're not coming from that place of desperation. They are in a place of power and that they take in the right investor dollars. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about how you started this business? How did you go about finding clients? How did you go about your pricing model? I think that's a great um, point to talk to for a lot of female entrepreneurs listening that are at those early stages of their companies and trying to figure out those pain points. So oddly enough, I actually started as a uh, business coach. I left Golden Seeds and <clears throat> you know, wanted to continue to support female entrepreneurs and became a business coach. And I joke that I became a business coach at the same time that everyone on the planet became a business coach. <laughs> um, and it was a really crowded market space. And I struggled with that. I struggled to find clients and I would find a client and celebrate and then go, oh my God, that was exhausting. How am I going to do that all over again? <laughs> I don't know that I can do it again. And during that time, I was constantly being asked for advice <clears throat> from, from entrepreneurs about their pitches, how to talk to investors, how to navigate this world, because the venture capital world, until you need it, you don't really know about it, or most people don't. And so it's kind of a foreign place to be. And I always kept a toe in the startup world in Atlanta and, 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 and other places in the country. And one day had someone say to me, a mentor, um, which I recommend everyone have a, a business mentor, say to me, why aren't you pitching, helping female entrepreneurs with their pitches? And I thought, well, that's a really great question. Why aren't I? Uh, and so I decided to pivot. And I think that that is you know, something to take note of when you have a business is what you think or who you think your, your customers or clients are versus the reality of who they might be could be different. And so when I took the step back, I looked at what were people really asking me for? What were they seeking me out for? And it wasn't what I was doing. And so I pivoted and, and, and that's where VC, VC Worthy Business was um, birthed out of. Um, and how I thought through my pricing model, it, you know, it, it was trial and error. It was really doing some customer discovery and seeing, okay, you know, what, are, what do I want to offer? What are my, um, what is the outcome that I want my clients to have and what value can I provide them? And now I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a service where, you know, or a product. So I'm, I'm a service-based business. So it's a little bit different than a product-based business. But I really looked at, okay, what is the time that I'm spending? Um, how much time do I need with my clients? And I started out with, you know, a smaller package of three months. And now I work with my clients for um, up to a year, depending on how long it takes them to raise. I thought originally three months was going to be enough. And then I realized, you know what, I need to be around for that entire raise. I need to be there to support them. And so sometimes my clients can raise money fairly quickly in, in three months. Um, in this time of COVID, it's taking a little bit longer. Um, but I wanted to, to be there if it takes them a little bit longer. If it's, you know, for instance, a, um, a medical device company or a drug company, that's going to take a little bit longer because the due diligence is a little bit longer. And usually the raise is, is a lot larger. But I, I didn't want to just leave them. And so I'm basically with my clients through their raise. And so I took a look at my pricing model from that perspective. 
I love that. One of my favorite sayings is the magic is in the pivot. For example, like Instagram started as a check-in app and then they realized people wanted to upload their photos and your story is very similar how you were doing one thing and then we're able to pivot really fast to look into the market and see what's actually needed. So I love that. And I think that's really important for any entrepreneur, making sure that magic is in the pivot. Um, Mm -hmm. You mentioned mentors. And then you earlier mentioned that also there's just not a ton of really successful or big named female entrepreneurs in this space compared to men um, or other demographics. Do you have any advice for female entrepreneurs looking to find mentors? I, you know, I think cast a wide net. I think a lot of times we look at mentors and, and want to have someone that we can sit and have, you know, in a coffee shop with and talk to, or, you know, go have dinner with. And, and that is great. Uh, and I, and I wish we could all do that, but sometimes you need to look broadly, um, and, you know, look throughout the U S look for someone who is several steps ahead of where you want to be, not just one step or two steps, but really where you aspire to be in a couple years. Um, and you know, not just one mentor, it can be a group. Um, and it could be a group where you form it together and you, you all hold each other accountable. And there could be people in the group where, you know, you're a couple steps ahead of them. Um, it's almost kind of like maybe creating a mastermind, but you hold each other accountable and it, it's people that are going to stretch you and push you. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be in the same um, world that you in are, in, are in. If you're in the tech world, you don't necessarily need a mentor in the tech world. Maybe you need someone who, you know, is really strong at marketing because that's not what your, your strong suit is. Uh, maybe you need someone who is really good at running the operations of a company and that you can, you know, um, draw on their area of expertise. Really think through what are your needs, not, and not just at this moment in time, but where do you see potential issues or where you want to go in a couple of years? And so that person will help really be a guide. And who knows, you probably will end up providing a lot of value for them as well. And so it usually ends up being a give and, and take relationship. Um, but it's, it's really, you know, knowing what you want and, and going out and look for, looking for it. And, you know, I think right now there are, are a pretty decent amount of um, uh, social networks specifically for female entrepreneurs out there that you can lean on. Um, and it doesn't have to be just LinkedIn or, you know, asking for someone to connect you, but go in and into these networks and, and, you know, just start chatting away with women, you know, and, and, and looking at what, what they've done and, you know, asking them if they be interested in grabbing a virtual coffee with you and sitting on zoom and chatting, um, and getting to know each other. And, and you'd be amazed at how quickly friendships can grow that way. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely attest to that from my own experience. And sometimes they'll come in the most random ways. You'll meet somebody in a way you never thought you would. And they can become such a great mentor. So absolutely. We would love to hear some success stories of some of your clients, what happened, how much was raised, how long it took. Yeah. Well, I actually want to talk about the two, two stories come to mind. Um, the first one is um, I, I have a food robotics company that I started working with for about two months. Um, we were working together and really working on the pitch. And this is an entrepreneur who was not sure if she was going to do a, um, a small note of about a half million or do a price round of, of 2 million um, to really just, you know, take it from an idea to, to having a working prototype. Uh, and, you know, it, it's in a crowded space. 
Um, and it is in a space where people have taken in investor dollars and companies have not performed so well. So it was a space where, you know, people were a little suspect of, uh, you know, new startups. And from the time that we started work together, she started to really talk to investors, I would say about a month in. And then a month into that, she was, um, you know, in due diligence with, uh, with a firm to, uh, you know, to do her raise. Um, and, you know, it was great to see that it was on the table to not only do the, the note, but they might want to right, go right to the price round. Um, so that was really um, a really great story. And uh, just to see her work through the issues of, okay, this is a really crowded space where there's been some pretty big uh, companies that have not made it happen. And, you know, she was still able to show how powerful her company is and what the power you know, and what they're doing is going to provide to the industry that they are in. Um, another one is not necessarily specific to raising, even though it is, um, in terms of how much they were able to raise, but it's more of a, a story that I, you know, I want to share because I think it happens to a lot of uh, female entrepreneurs. I had a client, one of my first, um, who came to me and had done a raise previously and was going to raise her second round, started to pitch and was in a room of unfortunately all women investors, which breaks my heart still to this day and got ripped apart, absolutely ripped apart. And so she stopped raising. And when she came to me, she was at a point where it was either she raises again or continues, opens that round, reopens that round, um, or she's going to have to close her company. And it was really, she was at a crossroads, but she was terrified to pitch. And we had to really do some, you know, working through of what were the things keeping her from standing in front of a room, because this is pre-COVID. So they're, they're, you know, you're actually in a room of investors. Um, what was preventing her from, from walking into a room of investors? And what did she experience in that one moment of women who just, I, I don't know, I don't know, I still don't understand why they, they, they questioned her the way that they did. But um, it, you know, it was really working through a lot of her own personal stuff to see that she, you know, she wanted this company to grow and thrive. She needed it to grow and thrive um, for her team, not just for herself. And to see her work through those issues and to go on to raise a million dollars, um, that was really, to me, it still is probably one of my favorite moments because it was not necessarily about the company raising, but it was about this entrepreneur really stepping into her CEO-ness and working through her own personal stuff to say, no, I need to do this for my company. And watching her make that breakthrough was amazing. And it was such a gift that she gave me <laughs> to be mm -hmm. able to witness that, that I will forever be grateful. Wow. That's incredibly powerful and encouraging. So thank you so much for sharing that story. So given that you have so much experience with helping all these female entrepreneurs find money and find themselves, it sounds like, do you have any general advice for women looking to raise or female entrepreneurs? I'll give listeners um, the opportunity to connect with you and get your contact information a little later in the podcast, because I know they'll have to pay you for the really good juicy details, but any general advice that you would want to give to listeners? Yeah, I, you know, I think the biggest one, and it, you know, it might not necessarily be new, but you know, so I think sometimes when you hear it a couple times, maybe it sinks in. Is you know, you've got to make yourself noticeable right from the get go. You have to get the investor's attention right out of the gate. 
And there is a couple different ways that you can do that. It can be, you know, making a statement. It can be telling a very powerful story. It can be asking a powerful question. But you, you know, I always tell my clients, you have to come out of the gate and the first couple sentences have to be something that gets the investor to put their phone down or stop, you know, stop looking at their email on their computer as they're on Zoom with you. It's got to get their attention. Um, and if you are able to do that right from the beginning, then you have a better time of keeping that engagement and that intention, attention through your entire pitch. And, uh, you know, the other thing is being really clear on the problem. Entrepreneurs so often want to talk about the, the solution that they have because that is their, their company. And so they're like, I really want to tell you about what we do. I can't wait to tell you about what we do. But you have to get your investors clear on the problem that you solve first, because when you get them clear on the problem that's out there, it not only connects them to you, right? So you can, you can build that emotional connection that you have with them through the problem. It also can start to illustrate for them the size of the market that's out there and the impact that you can make. Um, and it gets them, it might get them into a place of being uncomfortable. And they're like, well, I really want to hear what you have to say and what your solution is, or where, you, you know, how are you going to solve this problem? It's so important. And then you can go into the solution, but you've got to spend that quality time in that problem space because that is where it's going to be really, really impactful. And that is where you know, the investor is going to see the potential. No, that totally makes sense. Thank you for that piece of advice. So for listeners that do want the juicy details and want to get in contact with you, um, how can listeners get in contact with you? Sure. Um, so you can check me out um, on my website at uh, www.vcworthybusiness.com or uh, LinkedIn, Lauren Kane on LinkedIn and um, on Instagram, Lauren Kane VCWB. Um, and yeah, if you go through my website, um, there's actually a link to schedule some time with me. And I love talking strategy with female entrepreneurs. So, you know, even if you just want to, uh, you know, if there's a place that you're hung up on your pitch and, um, you're not sure how to get around it, reach out and we can talk through it for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. And, and I, I'm a connector. I love connecting people. So, um, I'm sure I will also have some connections of, of people that, uh, you know, the entrepreneurs can talk to. Great. And you also mentioned earlier that you had spent a lot of time with Golden Seeds. For entrepreneurs interested in getting in contact with them, um, what's the best route? So yeah, um, so Golden Seeds, it would be going through their website. And Golden Seeds offers a um, something called office hours. If you don't think you're ready for, for the angel world, and even if you're not sure, check out office hours. Um, and Golden Seeds has office hours in, in, in Atlanta, here in Atlanta where I sit, um, and in New York, um, Boston, Silicon Valley, um, and Texas. And we educate a little bit about the angel world. So you walk away with some knowledge about, um, you know, what angels are typically looking for, the ecosystem that uh, are local to each of the, the chapters, um, and then what Golden Seeds is looking for. And then you also get some time with one-on-one um, -on -one with an angel. And it's not a place where you're going to pitch, um, but it's a place where you're going to be able to ask some questions. Usually it's about 15 minutes. So um, if there's, you know, you're not sure if you should pitch yet, are you ready? Or just a general business question, um, you know, office hours is, is the place for you and you'll get that one-on-one -on -one connection. Um, and it's a connection that won't go away. And so even if we meet someone through office hours, we stay in contact. Uh, and usually, you know, I'll meet someone in office hours and, um, 
because I'm now a member of Golden Seeds Atlanta. Um, usually I'll meet someone in office hours. And now two years later, I'm starting to see them going through the Golden Seeds formal process. And if you feel like you're ready for the Golden Seeds formal process, um, you can apply through their website. Um, but, you know, please also feel free to reach out to me because it's always good to have someone in your corner um, when you apply to, to a group. And, um, you know, if it's a worthwhile company, I would love to be their champion. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was really great talking with you today. Thank you. This was great. I had so much fun. This podcast is produced by Valor Ventures as a service to the startup and investor community. We couldn't do it without the support of our sponsors, Atlanta Tech Park, the Global Accelerator, and Right to Market, Atlanta's favorite tech and healthcare PR marketing firm. Please patronize these great companies with your business and check them out online. If you'd like to get your message on the Atlanta Startup Podcast, visit us at atlantastartuppodcast.com and look at our affordable rate card. All paid advertisements are tax deductible to the Startup Runway Nonprofit Foundation, a 501c3 whose mission is connecting underrepresented founders with their first investor.